up, Steeler fans? It's your Steel Curtain Network host, Daniel J. Welcome back to State of the Steelers, where today we're talking about uh, some unexpected losses for the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, to expect some unexpected losses. You know, what to expect when not expecting, so to speak. Um, we'll be going over some defensive players, some offensive players, and then in the second half, we're going to have Steelers and, you know, in the, making the headlines. And we'll be talking quarterbacks in the second half of the show, so you don't want to miss it. Um, but sit back, relax, let's get into this conversation. So the first loss, so to speak, has already already happened, right? An unexpected loss, let me put it that way. Uh, Jerry O. Osalski, the uh, Steelers uh, linebackers coach, was not retained for the 2023 season. His role was kind of reduced with the uh, recent hiring of, uh, of Brian Flores last season. Uh, you know, as Brian Flores departs and goes to Minnesota, <clears throat> the retention there isn't there for Jerry O. The Pittsburgh Steelers bring in Aaron Curry. Now, Aaron Curry, you know, that, that name might sound familiar to, to some of you guys, you know, especially those that have been watching football for a while. He was the fourth overall pick in the 2009 draft. He spent a couple seasons in Seattle before being traded to Oakland, uh, played seven games for the Raiders, attended training camp with the Giants in 2013, didn't make the final cut, and and, and he was gone until he became a uh, defensive line coach for the Seattle Seahawks, and that's kind of where – um, you know, he started making some noise. He was the uh, assistant defensive line and defensive end coach in 2022. So Curry replaces Jerry O, who's been with the organization for more than 20 years as a player and coach. It's it's a big, it's, it's a loss, it's a change, something that I wasn't expecting. I was expecting more coaches to be added to this team, especially on the defensive side, uh, versus um, just replacing a current coach that's on there. You know, we talked last week about the size of the uh, of the defensive staff and how I think there's only like I don't have the numbers in front of me, but about six. And so you know, nine also on the on the opposite side, on the offense, and then you have your head coach. Uh, so I think it's a total of 16. It's a very small unit. And in my opinion, um, I don't know, I mean, this is the way Coach T likes it. You know, he, he doesn't want too many. Too many chefs in the kitchen, so to speak. But Aaron Curry, his his um, acquisition, it comes at a, uh, a crucial time for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers as there's so many question marks with the middle linebacker position. Right now you have Miles Jack, who's currently going to cost the Pittsburgh Steelers somewhere around $14 million next season. You know, you go look at, um, you know, market value for, uh, you know, middle linebackers going into this offseason, Tremaine Edmonds, his market value is somewhere around $11 million. Now, I know there's a dead cap of about $3 million there if, um, if the Steelers were to cut uh, Miles Jack. But at the end of the day, you can look at this in, in, in one way, and that way is that the Steelers are going to pay about $14 million this year to a middle linebacker. Would you rather that be a Miles Jack who has had some leg injuries, that was one of the issues that he had coming into the NFL. One of the reasons why he dropped out of the first round and, and dropped significantly, in my opinion, uh, when he came in, uh, you know, into the NFL draft. It was leg injuries that that prevented him from really making a, uh, you know, that, you know, jump off the page on last year's defense. You know, when you have 
Robert Spillane playing 100% of the uh, defensive snaps in the last quarter of the season, that's a little bit concerning. And so um, Curry comes in, he inherits a unit that's got some question marks. Um, but going back to my question is, you know, if you're going to be paying 14 mil, you know, who would you rather have? I'll tell you what, I'd rather take the younger uh, Tremaine Edmonds, who's only 24 years old and has a long, long uh, NFL career ahead of him. And, you know, you can pair him up with Terrell Edmonds. Now, he's somebody who came out recently um, on Twitter, you know, had some tweets and then came out on Instagram talking about being blessed and happy and this, that, and third. It just kind of seems to me that there's it's kind of focusing the point as to a possible return or or maybe there's a contract on the table that he's agreeing, maybe just some of the fine print, and that's the reason why it hasn't come out to light yet. Uh, I certainly hope so. Because Terrell Edmonds isn't the only free agent in the defensive back room that I feel the Steelers are going to want to, you know, well, put it this way. I don't think Terrell Edmonds is going to go anywhere. I hope the Pittsburgh Steelers can can sign him up, and I hope that his tweets and, and his Instagram posts were meaning that he has a favorable contract in his hand and he's just ready to sign it. But there's a guy on the defensive backs who is a free agent this upcoming season. Uh, offseason, and that I'm a little bit concerned about, and that is one Cameron Sutton. Now, the reason I'm concerned about that is because the Steelers really don't have a CB1, and I don't really look at Cam Sutton as a CB1, to be 110% honest with y'all. Um, I don't look at any of the cornerbacks on the Pittsburgh Steelers roster as a CB1, whether it's Cam Sutton, whether it's Levi Wallace, who did kind of come alive in the second half of the season last year after being burnt quite a bit in the first half. The Steelers still have Akilah Weatherspoon signed up through next year. Cam Sutton, though, let's look at what he did last season. He uh, he played in 16 games, started 15 of them, had three interceptions, and had 15 pass breakups or passes defended. Now, those are some pretty stout stats for a cornerback. You know, I think he's a excellent um, Robin. I think he would be an excellent Robin. I mean, I don't think he's the Batman. You know, he's not the uh, the headliner in the show, so to speak. And so, but he put up some numbers, and I think some teams are going to look at the at his numbers, look at his career in total. I mean, you look at the last, you know, the year before that in 2021, he had two interceptions, um, you know, six pass defended. This is definitely the most that he, you know, had as far as the, uh, the breakups with 15. Um, but, I mean, he's always been a solid cornerback he's known for his cerebralness his intelligence it makes up for you know he's not the fastest guy on the field and so you know I think that some team out there is going to see that and they're going to want to pay him quite a bit of money and he's he I think he outplayed himself he bet he bet on himself you know last season came in on a two-year deal and really shined up showed up you know availability was there he didn't miss very many games or anything like that Injury wasn't an issue for him. Um, and and to be honest, he had his hand, uh, I think, like on maybe another or at least one more interception, maybe two in his hand. I know there was one against Tua that he should have come down with that didn't, didn't happen. And so, you know, his numbers could have been really something special. I think that this, this guy is going to be, you know, a pretty good, solid cornerback. But will he be with the Steelers? I'm starting to question that. I'm starting to get a little bit concerned. 
you know, I would have thought that the Steelers would have signed a couple of people pretty quickly into free agency or not in free agency after the season ended before free agency and before they could go out and test the market. But to me, it sort of seems like, you know, with only signing uh, the long snapper and and number 17, gosh, his name escapes me right now. Anthony Miller. There we go. Those two guys are the only ones that I believe that have been re-signed for next year. It, it's it's a little scary, you know, um, going into this. I mean, when we look at the free agents for the Pittsburgh Steelers, you have Larry Ogunjobi. He's possibly going to be out. He's 28, almost 29 years old. Um, he's going to probably be asking somewhere between 8 to $10 million, $11 million. He wasn't really that. You know, on the field, he was, in, you know, that reliable last season. He was injured. Granted, he played through injury most weeks, and he still showed up. And I, I, I do believe that if he was 100% healthy and had a full training camp in the black and gold as a healthy member of the Pittsburgh Steelers, meaning that he was going to be able to participate in that de- developmental football um, time frame, uh, that is the, the, the training camp season, uh, that he would have probably been even better. But, you know, he's, he's approaching 29. He's going to be wanting a lot of money. And there's a lot of holes on the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, offense and defense. I mean, you're looking at Devin Bush. He's pretty much going to be another loss. He's gone. I don't foresee him coming back. Cam Sutton, Derek Watt is a fullback. We'll just stick to the defense for right now. Tyson Alualu, I don't anticipate him coming back. He he really was a a, um, a – you know, he really wasn't the same last season after the leg injury. And so, you know, you can't blame him. He's 30. He's about to be 36 years old. He's, he's gotten up there in age, had a significant leg injury at the latter end of his career. Um, you know, you saw his you saw his snaps drop last season. It's just, you know, it's sometimes when it's time, it's time. Marcus Allen is another guy that is is on his way, probably out. Um you know, I know there's been some rumors and some speculation about that whole Carolina Panthers penalty issue with Marcus Allen, where he uh, was fourth down and forever. And I guess he walked over to the sideline, got into the huddle of the Carolina Panthers, turned into a first down. We'll come to find out. I think it was Killebrew and uh, somebody else that came forward and basically stated that the uh, the coach for the Carolina Panthers had called over Marcus Allen and. It was kind of like a, uh, you know, they trapped him. They baited him. He went in there and, and he got the flag and they got a first down. They ended up getting back into the game, made things interesting. Fortunately for the Pittsburgh Steelers, they were able to overcome and win. But that could have been a much different story. He's going to be a, a free agent. He was also riddled with injury last season. Um, you know, I know he's a special teams guy. He's been a captain out there. He's the uh, the front guy on the, on the punts. I just... I just, you know, I think I think his time is done. I think you can find that with uh, talent that you don't have to pay so much money for. I mean, you know, two point five million it doesn't seem like a lot, you know, when it comes to the NFL, but you know that can be allocated somewhere else. Uh, Terrell Edmonds, we already talked about him being a free agent. Robert Spillane is also another guy who's going to be a free agent that I think the Steelers are going to want to keep around. And the reason being is because, like I mentioned before, he played 100% of the snaps. Now, let's just say you go out and and you cut a Miles Jack and you bring in a Terrell Edmonds. You know, who are you going to put next to him? You're going to put Mark Robinson, you know, a guy that, you know, was targeted and and kind of, you know, showed how raw he was against the the 
the Cleveland Browns in the in the season finale? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think you're going to want somebody like Robert Spillane to step back in, um, somebody that knows the defense, that is very cerebral, that, you know, is a solid player. You know, I know he's not the fastest and he's not going to be able to cover receivers or, or the speedier running backs. But at the end of the day, you know, he is a guy that is serviceable. He did have a pick six against Lamar Jackson. You don't take that for what it is. But, you know, I think he's serviceable and I think he can be a a pretty decent player for the Pittsburgh Steelers, a solid player, rotational piece. Let's just say maybe they get Terrell Edmonds. Maybe they, I mean, Tremaine Edmonds, and maybe they draft a guy in the later rounds to develop, or maybe they still continue to develop Mark Robinson. And you want to have somebody in there in between. And, you know, Robert Spillane is a guy that's not afraid to put his face in the in the pile, so to speak, and and put his shoulder into uh, into a uh, into Henry from the Tennessee Titans, so to speak. You know, we all saw that hit in collision. So back to the more losses that I think the Steelers are going to have. You have Malik Reed. I don't think he's coming back. I don't think the Steelers want him back. He was virtually gone. I, I just like he never showed up. He never popped off the screen. Like I never even. All right. He just never really just performed to the uh, the level that you know we were we were thinking and hoping that we would get out of a Malik Reed. Chris Wormley is another guy that's a free agent. Unfortunately for him, he had a you know, a significant leg injury right at the end of the season. So I honestly don't think he's going to be coming back. He's 29. You know, I think he's uh, he's going to end up having to take the entire year next year off to, to rehab. Uh, it's just unfortunate. I think he was doing some good things. But, you know, regardless if he would have gone out healthy, I'm not entirely sure the Steelers are going to be bringing him back anyways. The next guy that I really hope the Steelers don't lose, and that's DeMonte Casey. He's a guy that, um, you know, was injured in preseason. So we couldn't see that third or that three safety set that, you know, was handed out towards to us throughout the offseason. And I really want to see that. I really want to see DeMonte Casey out there, Mika Fitzpatrick and and Terrell Edmonds together on, on the field at one point really kind of change things up. And can you imagine if it's Terrell and Tremaine Edmonds next to each other in the box there? I mean, that would be a pretty damn good defense, in my opinion, and, and a stout one as well. You know, you can't, you know, when you look at what these offenses are doing in, to, in today's offense, you know, you're going to, you know, everybody attacks it by putting in or putting out a better, um, you know, trying to acquire more offense to keep up. You know, the Steelers are sticking to their game plan, sticking to what their identity is, and, and they're going to, you know, they're going to be strong on defense. And I think they got some pretty key pieces on offense to make a push. I don't think they need to put up 30, 40 points a game to win games with the defense that the Steelers will be going into next season. So um, James Pierre is the other guy that's cornerback. I think he's going to end up turning around and coming back to the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's not a guy that I feel uh, the Steelers should be worried about losing. But those are the guys on the defensive side that, I, like I said, I think that there's going to be some opportunity for them to, you know, these are all the free agents. Uh, I think that there's going to be some that are going to be lost. We're looking at Larry O, Devin Bush, Cam Sutton, uh, Tyson Alualu, Marcus Allen, Malik Reed, Chris Wormley. I mean, those are some those are some names, you know, those, those aren't just um, scrubs or, or backup pieces either. These were people that had significant roles on the defense. And so I think that, you know, we might be looking at it at a huge change and some significant loss on the defense, but I think they have the opportunity to replace that. There's been some rumors, you know, uh, Wagner, 
um, was released by the Rams. You also have Tremaine Edmonds going into free agency that we've spoke highly about. Um, you know, the Steelers have been tied to a couple of different cornerbacks, including possibly um, trading for Ramsey, which I doubt that they're going to do or, or would want to do. But, you know, there's also the draft. The draft could come in with a with a solid cornerback, you know, one of the Steelers are, dra- are, are drafting at. You know, you, you reckon that this is probably going to be a one of the uh, drafts where the pit, where the NFL is going to see a lot of quarterbacks taken early. You're also probably going to see a lot of tackles taken early. And so that's going to push some of those other, you know, positions like cornerback down, uh, maybe perhaps to 17, where the Pittsburgh Steelers could have an opportunity to grab one of these top tier corners that you're going to want to pair up with a Levi Wallace, who can be a pretty solid number two on the outside. And, and you can have somebody as a rookie develop and then possibly be that CB one that shuts down half the field, you know, only, only we can hope, only we can hope only time will tell though, but don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're going to be talking about Pittsburgh Steelers making headlines. We'll see you on the other side after a word of our sponsor from our sponsor. Fans, welcome back to the other side. Welcome back to the second side of State of the Steelers. I'm your host, Daniel J. You're tuning in to the Steel Curtain Network. Like we talked about earlier, we're talking about, you know, losses to expect, what to expect when not expecting, so to speak, and what losses we could see from the Pittsburgh Steelers. And on the second side, we're talking about Steelers making headlines. And that's going to kind of go together. So the first headline that I want to talk about is one that popped out uh, on Thursday that Steelers quarterback Mason Rudolph is going to explore their options, but is not ruling out a return to Pittsburgh. Well, you know, I, I think that he is realizing, if he's saying that, then I think he's realizing, or perhaps maybe his agent is getting word that he's not going to get an opportunity to, to start, right? Now, he may be able to see the, the writing on the wall as far as Mitch Trubisky goes and his the possibility of Mitch being dealt out, right? Um, because he is going to be paid $10 million. The Steelers can save about eight of that. And, you know, maybe sign a Mason Rudolph to another $5 million and put $3 million back into, um, you know, back towards another position and another player. And so... The Steelers might be looking to deal Mitch Trubisky and maybe Mason Rudolph if the only option that he has is perhaps maybe being a backup here versus a QB3 somewhere else. He, he might, you know, that might consider him to stay, you know, and, and you know, Kenny Pickett, he's had a, a history of a couple of injuries that held him out of this last year's game. Not to say that he's going to have injuries next season or whatnot. He did change the helmet, so hopefully that, that prevents any more um, – concussions and uh, but you know it's a 17 game season you're going to expect to see your backup quarterback play at least a game or two during that time and why not have a guy who's been with the team for x amount of years 
has the longest tenure with Coach Canada as an offensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, I think he can come in in a pinch and perform and get you out of stadiums. I'm not saying that Mason Rudolph is a guy that is going to compete or push Kenny Pickett for a starting position. I don't think that's possible. But I do think that if he does come in as QB number two, that he's going to end up seeing the field due to, you know, whether it's injury or, you know, games being out of control or whatever the case may be, um, you know, shoot, maybe the Steelers have everything wrapped up by the time week 17 comes around and they don't have to play their starters and they can start a Mason Rudolph against the Cleveland Browns like they've done in the past. And so I don't think it's a bad idea. I think I honestly would have preferred to have seen Mason Rudolph last season versus Mitch Trubisky, especially when Mitch came in against Carolina. Uh, I felt that um, that could have been a game for Mason Rudolph to show off his skills. Maybe perhaps he does go out in the free agency, gets a possible chance to start. Maybe he gets a good paycheck, could turn into a cop pick. Didn't flow that way, but the Steelers do have Mitch Trubisky, who they can now put on the trade block if they can uh, talk Mason Rudolph into staying. And so those things are very possible. Uh, I'm I'm all for it. You know, um, I think that it wouldn't hurt to have Mason back. But then there's the but. Mason was pretty much the only quarterback. Well, I mean, there's only other two other ones, Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky, that was not in Florida again, you know, training with the Steelers wide receivers. So in the news again today is Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky having several teammates down in Florida um, working out. They had Deontay Johnson, Calvin Austin, uh, George Pickens, um, Gunnar Olszewski. He, they were all out there practicing uh, and trying to get on the same page. Now, I really like this, and this is something that the Steelers or Kenny Pickett wasn't able to do last season. Obviously, he wasn't a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers at this point of the year. However, even once he became a member of the Steelers, he wasn't the starting guy. That was Mitch Trubisky. And so he didn't have the one-on-one workout sessions or the receivers quarterback-only workout sessions that he's able to do this year to get on the same page. I for one, I for one love it. I really do. And especially to see like uh, a guy like Calvin Austin, who missed the entire year last year, who really didn't get an opportunity to play at all because of his foot injury. Uh, And now he can kind of get on the same page and, you know, gain some camaraderie, gain some uh, chemistry with his quarterback. And I, I for one love this. I mean, you know, it shows that these guys are a unit and a team. They're not fighting each other or arguing with each other for, for possessions or things of that nature. You know, they're out there working together to, you know, for a common goal. And so um, you also, just looking at this now, you can also see Steven Sims out there. And so they're all training for a few days. Um, also, Connor Hayward was out there as well. Cody White. Yeah, so that Miles Boykin. I think he may have been also out there. Uh, I'm looking at these pictures right now of them. In fact, if you go follow me on, follow me at State of Steelers on Twitter, you'll be able to see these pictures. So go follow me, hit that follow, and and check this out. But yeah, you have you have a lot of the Steelers personnel going out there and trying to get better today. I love it. I love it a lot. Um, and so 
another um, just another situation to show that the Pittsburgh Steelers are moving in the right direction. But interesting enough is that Mr. Trubisky was out there. You know, we just talked about Mason Rudolph possibly returning, being the QB three. I mean, the QB two, and and maybe the Steelers are dealing Mr. Trubisky away. At least from all indications, Mr. Trubisky seems like to be a team guy. He's still sticking with his team. He showed up. He was part of the uh, throwing. I really like this. I really like this. And um, to me, what is, does that mean that maybe perhaps the Steelers don't deal away Mitch? It's possible. I mean, Art Rooney came out before and he mentioned that he fully anticipates and intends to see Mitch Trubisky on the sideline in a Pittsburgh Steelers uniform for the 2023 season. I, I, I for one think that, um, um, it's good news, man. It's good news. I like to see it. I like to see it. And so, uh, some more, some more headlines about Pittsburgh Steelers or Steelers in the headlines. Um, one interesting former offensive coordinator and quarterback whisperer, uh, Bruce Arians came out recently and was talking about, you know, you know, which quarterback that he was, you know, he thought was the best quarterback. And to many shock, I mean, he's working with Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Andrew Luck, Ben Roethlisberger, I'm sorry, Andrew Luck, Carson Palmer. And during a uh, interview with Barstool's part of my, my take, he named the best of the group as Andrew Luck. I... I don't think so. My personal opinion, you know, and no, no offense to Bruce. You know, he actually worked with these guys. He saw their work ethic. He saw what they were putting in, the work they were putting in, and and saw these guys on an in and out basis, worked very close with all these guys, which, you know, you're looking at Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger. Those are, those are Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And he chose Andrew Luck over them. I mean, Andrew Luck, I guess he was all right. He wasn't bad. I don't think he was a bad quarterback. Um, you know, he left. He retired early out of nowhere. Uh, I think it was like during a preseason game or right before, and, like, the fans started booing him and, and stuff like that during the preseason game as he was walking out at halftime or something of that nature. Um, you know, he had a lot of injuries. He was dealing with a lot. And, and you know, to each of your own, you know, when it's your time, you know it. And it was his time, and he knew it. And so he he left, but I I for one don't I wouldn't put Andrew Luck. I would put him fourth <laughs> behind. So, in my opinion, you have to put Tom Brady number one when it comes to the uh, you know best quarterbacks, just because of his accolades and what he has in the trophy case. You know, regardless of he had to cheat to get to it. You know, he was very consistent throughout his entire career and made playoff after playoff, Super Bowl run after Super Bowl run, and. He is what he is. Now, Ben Roethlisberger and Peyton Manning, those two, you can argue, you know, they're two different style of quarterbacks in their time. You know, you have Peyton Manning, who was like a, uh, I guess, the mastermind, a coach with pads, so to speak, and was out there and, you know, the king of adjusting things, right? And then you had Ben Roethlisberger, who was a gunslinger. You know, he was uh, not a mobile quarterback, but he could move, you know, um, 
type of guy and bought time. So he wasn't a guy that was looking to make plays with his legs. Um, you know, he had a special arm. And so those were things he had the intangibles, you know, the, 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 the talent, so to speak, that a Peyton Manning maybe didn't have. Uh, but Peyton Manning was also a guy that did some things that most guys did. You know, he's, his work ethic was up there. He was in there very early before practice, staying late after practice. In fact, I think it was Emmanuel Sanders who talked about the differences between Peyton Manning and Ben Roethlisberger. And he wasn't very kind when he came towards Ben. And a lot of folks thought that maybe perhaps that was just a sly or a shot at Ben because of their, um, you know, he, he may have lost favor in the uh, black and gold city, but, I mean, you know, Payne Manning didn't get to where he's at by just doing the bare minimum. You know, not saying that Ben did the bare minimum. However, I believe it was uh, David Carr, former quarterback for the uh, Texans, while at a preseason game. Uh, I believe it was the year after the Super Bowl in 2010. Uh, he stated that Ben came up to him and uh, told him that he hadn't worn his cleats since the Super Bowl. And... You know, he hadn't put on cleats, didn't, you know, really throw or work out during the offseason early in his career, things like that. So especially while he was under Bruce Arians, um, he was more just, you know, he 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 kind of leaned on his 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 uh, ability with his arm. And and then, you know, towards the end of his career, he had to start, you know, utilizing between the shoulders what he had and his experience to to move the ball down the field. And, you know, that 2015, 2016 years um, when the Steelers, you know, I think those were the Steelers best years offensively, in my opinion. And that was when you had Ben who still had that special talent in his arm and was starting to understand the game better. You know, it was when he was paired with Todd Haley, a guy that he wasn't friends with, so to speak, a guy that he had issues with. And, you know, it started off rough with Todd too. You know, I think he went eight and eight two years in a row, missed the playoffs before they started clicking and started getting things going. Um, you know, and I think that that's a possibility for where the Pittsburgh Steelers are, maybe a little bit ahead of that because, well, now this is Matt Canada's third year and you know, second year with Kenny Pickett, but this is a full year, off-season workouts, training camp, preseason, where Kenny Pickett's the number one guy and getting first team reps. And so I'm excited about that as well. But that's all I got for you guys today as far as Steelers making headlines. Um, if you have any other headlines or see some headlines that the Steelers or Steelers players or former players or coaches are in, send them on over to me on Twitter. I'm at State of Steelers. That's my Twitter handle. Um, but that's all I got. This is a Steel Curtain Network. I'm Daniel J. The State of the Steelers. Y'all have a great week. We'll see you guys next week. Peace out.